That's right, we are live, back in action, where there ain't no faction in this fraction made whole by a chain reaction. It's the third and three podcast, starring Tricky Nicky Gist and the real deal, Damian Adams. My name is Jason Fearman, and this show is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by StreamYard. Hey guys, we have a new segment today we'll introduce tonight out of our little bag of tricks that we got. But as you all know, this is an NFL football show. It comes first on third and three. Ain't that right, Nicky? That is right. I am so happy to be here. Another week with you guys. Got my first vaccination shot yesterday. So doing good. Was a little concerned about side effects, but just a really sore arm, which made working out very difficult today. But sorry, Trey, that you guess that'll help. I mean, that'll hurt you a little bit though, right there. <laughs> Definitely. That'll be a killer. We didn't want that happening. So yeah, no. Uh I got my vaccinations uh, a while ago, actually. Damien, did you get yours? Yeah, I got mine a while ago as well. Um, actually, been fighting a cold this week, but I know it's just a cold because <laughs> I've been vaccinated. So that's a good feeling. You sneeze, you you're not automatically thinking, "Oh, do I have COVID?" You sneeze, you're like, "Oh, let me just take some time now, and I'll be okay." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing is, like, I'm a violent sneezer. Oh, oh, so oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those coming out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. Ah, true. Like I'm one of those types of sneezers. And now that I'm getting older. The sneezes hurt. Like I sneezed this, sneezed this morning, my whole left side was sore. Uh, <laughs> you throw your back out. You gotta watch. <laughs> yeah, I remember Sammy Sosa threw his back out with a sneezing attack. Like I, know, yeah. I remember people people were making fun of him for that injury. I'm like, now I get it. Like, yeah, it really, it really can happen. <laughs> so that's, that's what too much steroids could do to you. It's gonna give you a back injury if you sneeze. That's the problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, yo, yeah. Shane's in the house. Shane Miller, what's up, man? We see you over there. Loving it, loving it. Oh man. All right, so good times, man. Let's get this bad boy going over here. I feel like, again, it's been a while since we talked. But, hey, Damien, by the way, I really enjoyed your top five list this week of the players who basically robbed their franchise that paid them. That was really cool, man, what you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) I appreciate it. It's funny that I mentioned Kwame Brown on that list. And then this week it's been all about Kwame Brown in the news. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I also see like Megatron is trending after we already built him like remember what five weeks ago. Yeah. Uh Wentz is trending. We already you know it's just come on now. We know what's up. We know yeah. we're trending. That's what's happening. <laughs> Obviously we're trending and we get no darn credit for it. So hashtag us over there third and three. All right. Do it. We want a little credit for it. We're not asking for your money, but you can give it to us if you really want to. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Give it up. Give it up. Give us that dough. But we got uh, we got a lot to go over here. Um, shout outs real quick. I want to give mine to a podcast that I did yesterday. I did the Power 32 podcast. And I had on Shane Miller, Ken Mahoney, and Andrew Vigliotti. And the three of them joined me on Power 32 podcast, like I said, last night. And as a result of it, not saying that I did it, but together they are starting their own podcast, which will be debuting soon, called the Ask Us Sports podcast and i love that title the way they got the title is by using their first names um and andrew you know for the a 
uh, Shane for the S, and then K for the Ken. So that's Ask Us Sports. So I'm wishing them the best of luck. These dudes do their homework. They know what they're talking about. And they brought it last night, and they made the show great. So much appreciated. Huge shout-out to them. Yes, sir. I love that shout-out. You got one, Ding? Yeah, I'm going to give my shout-out this week to Kicks and Bricks. Uh, it's a podcast where you'll get into sneaker culture, but he also has like some big time guests on. Like I listened to the episode recently where he had Kyla Pratt on, the actress. Uh, she was on one of my favorite shows growing up, one on one. So it's a really good podcast where they'll get into like sneaker culture, but also will have on actors, singers. So go ahead and subscribe to Kicks and Bricks. Sweet, man. I like that one. Very well done right there. Excellent. All right, Nikki, we're going to go to you in a second. Just want to say what's up to Andrew Vigliotti, as a matter of fact, who I just mentioned. He's joining us over there in the uh, in the comment section as well. So shout out to both of you guys. Nikki, where's your shout out going? Yes, lots of luck to Ask Us Sports. I just followed them like uh, 15 minutes ago, so I will definitely check them out. How about our friend, Big Jim N, dude, he's got three podcasts going on. So I'll give you his Twitter handle and then his shows. You guys can find him on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Okay. And he's doing three count Thursday, which is pro wrestling huddle ups, um, huddle up podcast, which is sports talk, which is very good. And DWAN pod for everything else. So you guys check out Big Jim N. All right. Totally digging it. Excellent. Great shout outs all the way around. That's how we do it. We love to show the love that they give us. We give it right back all the time. No question on Wednesday nights here on the third and three podcast, getting ready to get jamming. Uh, hey, neighborhood news time, right? We have to do that. Let's get into it. There's not a whole lot of news going on other than the draft and the rookies. And we kind of beat that down a little bit already. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that today. But um, I was talking to those fellows last night that I had mentioned before the, uh, you know, it asked us, um, about like having the bye week before the Thursday night game. And now that they're having 17 games, they should have two bye weeks. And that will really increase the revenue for the league, Damien. I'm going to go to Nikki right after you. But Damien, it'll actually increase the revenue for the league because, again, you're adding an extra week in there, more bye weeks for teams. So the league will, you know, the season will go longer. So why not do that? And also at the same time, do the Thursday night teams a favor and give them a bye the week before. Yeah, no, it sounds brilliant to me. I don't see any anything against it that would make any sense. And you, you mentioned the extra game. You could at least give the players an extra rest with the extra game. So I definitely agree. Yeah, Nikki, I'm, I'm saying, like, I, I, it, to me, it's an obvious thing that these guys who make the schedule, and is it hard enough that they can't figure that out? I mean, look, they put whatever games, wherever they can, they were managed to put – Sam Darnold uh, on, on the Panthers and now up against the Jets in week one. I'm sure they can manage to have the bye weeks for the Thursday night teams. And again, now that they're playing more games, throw an extra bye week in there. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think we mentioned that right um, a few weeks ago when you did. Yeah. Uh, they had said that they were throwing that extra game in. I don't know why they can't do it. Maybe they need us <laughs> to guide them on how they should run this league and schedule things. But no, I mean, if they could do it, please do it. God, at least something good can come out of Thursday night. Yeah, you really no kidding. Exactly. Because that's what we get. We get the sloppy football, Damien, on yes. Thursday night. And what's why is that? Because they played three, four days earlier and they haven't had the time to rest, recuperate, and then practice to get ready for the team that they're playing. Dude. Yeah, no, that's 
perfectly explained. You get the short week, so you get the, the sloppy play. And then sometimes you'll get more injuries because of the short week. So everything points to you should have that bye before you have that Thursday night game. Like you look at the teams who play on Thanksgiving and then play Thursday night, mm. they usually have it better because they get a full week on that Thursday right. after playing on Thanksgiving. So I think it's a brilliant idea. Each team should have a bye before that Thursday night game to get them fully ready because then it's like a, a bye and a half really. Um, so it's something that I think each each team should be looking to vote for in the future. Man, I'm with you on that. I hope that it does happen. And we know that if it does happen, we know where they heard it first. Obviously, that's the way that it goes. So <laughs> we're going to know where it came from. Whatever it is, today's date is May, what is it, 19th today? Yep, May 19th, Wednesday. There we go. All right. So I'm uh, moving on a little bit over here in neighborhood news. Um, what do you, I want to get you guys' opinion quickly on the load management. Now, you know, it's all over NBA, you know, with their 82 games, but now with 17 games. And we already see it kind of with the 16 game schedule where in the last game, Teams will rest if they're going into the playoffs. But now we have 17 games. Do you think, Nikki, I'll go to you first. Do you think that teams are going to, you know, again, quote unquote, load manage their players? And let's say the Titans are up in the third quarter by two touchdowns. Maybe not put in Derrick Henry unless they really need him. Something like that. What do you think? I could I could see some teams doing that. I mean, don't they kind of do that anyway, right? They'll all rest that last week if they don't need that final game. So I could see them doing that. I don't think that they would go extreme like, obviously, basketball. I mean, they, those guys just play like, this is the game I'm playing, and that is it. I'm not playing these five. I'm going to play these three, and that's what I'm doing. So, Oh, there you go. Hey, D, what about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't see football doing it to – that effect, like you said, with basketball players, it's becoming more prevalent. I, this year is actually was a little less than years past with the play-in tournament being more of a thing because now it matters where you land in the playoff standings. It right. used to be prior, as long as you was top eight, it didn't matter. So that's when load management was really a bigger thing. So now with football having that extra game, I could see the teams, the Chiefs of the world, the Bills of the world, the Pucks of the world, those teams – resting that, those last two games really and saying like okay we're gonna you got an extra game we'll get our backup our backups in you'll see the bucks out there with some rookie quarterback or you know you'll see the chiefs out there with you know chad henney playing qb <laughs> instead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so you'll see something like that from the top tier teams but most teams will still have to fight for playoff positioning no doubt man no doubt makes a lot of sense i hear you all the way on that one my friend all right well Load management, we'll see how they do work that out. And again, Nikki did, you know, already mentioned, yeah, they kind of do that already. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's see how much more they do do it indeed. Um, real quickly, rookie uh, Panay Sewell did ink his contract in with the Lions. We thought that he would go earlier to the Bengals. And Nikki, you got that one right, picking Jamar Chase to go over there with his college teammate Joe Burrow. But he got $24 million, so that's sweet. He's already set. Congratulations. Julio Jones, I wanted to talk to you guys about real quick. What's the deal with him? It seems like it's inevitable he's going to get traded. Otherwise, all these things wouldn't be coming out. And that's kind of weird and unfortunate in the fact that they drafted Kyle Pitts. You would have him along with Calvin Ridley. That threesome is pretty freaking sweet. So why not go ahead and do that? You know, um, I don't know. Your thoughts, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, I think at this point it would be beneficial to both Jones and the Falcons if they traded him. Right. Julio Jones is reaching the end of his prime. You may as well give him to a contender. 
Um, so you see it happen a lot more in basketball. Like, for example, the Pelicans traded Drew Holiday to the Bucks. The Bucks have a real chance at championship this year. The Pelicans, we didn't even make the playing tournament. So for Drew Holiday's service to the Pelicans, we got him over to a contender before his prime was over. So hey, he could truly have a chance to win a championship because he was such a good player for us. Yeah. With the Falcons, they could do the same thing for Julio Jones and get him to a contender. I wanted it to be Baltimore, especially with Baltimore having those two first round picks. But now mm-hmm. that's kind of out of the window. Um, so there's a few teams that still can make some things happen if you think about the draft picks next year and years going forward. But out of the contenders, it's hard for me to see him going to the Bucks, And you're definitely not going to share him in division, right? So it's not right. going to be a team like the Bucks. It's definitely not going to be the Saints. I could never see the Falcons and Saints doing any type of business with each other. Hell um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, like, when you look at the contenders, it'll probably have to be an AFC team. But it just feels it'll be unfair if he went to like the Chiefs. It just that would just be stupid. <laughs> I can see that happening too. You know, they got rid of all the other wide receivers for the most part. You put him and Tyree Kill. I mean, you're talking about two of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Julio Jones still that great at 32, Nikki. But again, it seems like they're going to deal him away, and you know, contract wise, whatever it may be. But to me, it does seem inevitable. And again, real quick shout out to Alexander George. He's in the house. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, ask us sports saying that Kyle Pitts is a dude. So that's what I'm saying. They would have an awesome offense. And I mentioned to you guys earlier before we did the draft that Arthur Smith is going to want to come in and show and come out with a bang. That's why he drafted Kyle Pitts. So now, if Nikki, if they get rid of Julio Jones, what's a good landing spot for him? Chicago? I don't know. Denver? What team would need a receiver like that that is going to be in the running for you know a championship or at least some sort of contender? Well, I will say this. I went back in my notes. I predicted this this would happen on our February 24th show. I said Julio Jones would not be with the Falcons this year. At the time, I said Pittsburgh, Baltimore, or Vegas. Like mm-hmm. D said, I guess Baltimore is kind of out at that this point. So I think, yes, like I said, let's get him to a contender. By the way, if this does happen, you guys heard it here first four months ago. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I'm seeing people say, oh, Tennessee. I don't like Tennessee for Julio Jones. I really think Tannehill's still just going to hand off to Henry. I don't think that's going to be a good fit for him. Me, I'd like to see him go to the Colts. I think with Wentz, I think with this offensive line, I think a player like Julio Jones, would kind of get them over the hump, so to speak. I like the Colts idea. I like Vegas. I I actually do like Tennessee. I think that would work out well because they need another guy on the other side of A.J. Brown right now. Uh, Damien, yeah, but I don't know. What do you think about some of those teams right there? Tennessee is interesting because you can't double him with A.J. Brown on the other side, Derrick Henry being there. You got to put eight in the box because you know they're running Derrick Henry. So imagine Julio Jones with one-on-one coverage all the time. Right now, the thing is, can Ryan Tannehill give him the ball on a consistent basis to take advantage of it? That would be the big question. But the matchup wise, it'll be amazing to see. And what what would they what would those teams do? Would they sacrifice and say, okay, Derrick Henry, get 150 yards? We can't allow Julio Jones to go crazy or AJ Brown to go crazy. You gotta really have to choose your your poison there. So I have to disagree with Nikki a little bit. I would like to see that, um, but Ryan Tannehill would have to be able to take advantage of it. And that's the big question come playoff time. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be a very interesting situation. And 
and having time to throw the ball, um, I think he would again because you got Derrick Henry back there. And, of course, he scares everybody. So you can play action the hell out of that freaking thing, uh, you know, as long as you want to. So, all right, that's interesting right there with Julio Jones. I believe that he'll be on another team, um, I don't know, after June 1st. You know, that's that magic date, Damien, that you keep saying also. The last thing in neighborhood news before we get to applause and tomatoes, one of Nikki's favorites, she's got a lot of tomatoes, I'm sure, wound up this week, is that the GM of the Packers, Ron Wolf, called Aaron Rodgers a diva. And not just him, but virtually every quarterback in the league. And, I mean, how much more slaps in the face do you want? They signed Blake Bortles. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, so Rodgers wants out of here completely. And it seems harder and harder that he's going to get to go anywhere because either A, teams have a quarterback and they're set to go, or B, they don't have enough capital in order to get him because it's going to have to take a couple of first-round draft picks, probably even still at that age. I don't know, Damian, your thoughts on that? Yeah, so Matthew Stafford went for two first-round picks, right? Yeah. So even with Rodgers being 37, I'm worth more than Stafford. So you got <laughs> you got to yeah. think like, okay, Green Bay's going to be like, if Stafford went for two, we're getting at least three and a player, right? Uh, and a starting player is that. So it's going to be a lot to try to trade him. I see this really going into the season. And I, we have to really see if Rodgers is about that life, which I believe he is. I believe he's that stubborn of a guy, uh, which makes him great. The fact that he's that stubborn and believes in himself that much is what makes him so great. Uh, so I believe that stubbornness will come out and we'll see him sit in some games this year. He'll get traded during the season because of it. Very interesting. Very interesting take on that. All right. Yeah, we will see. We will see. And uh, look, I mean, he, he will be stubborn. I mean, Deshaun Watson, again, he was another one saying, I'm not playing. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. Rogers doing the same thing. I think that they have to trade him, even though it seems that things are going back toward Green Bay. When you come out with comments like that, it's not going to help Nikki. No, it's not. But honestly, I feel like this has been going on since what? Like the end of last season? You know, we started hearing like, yeah, when I predicted it would happen. Yeah, exactly. More <laughs> predictions that we got right on this show way before it became popular. Um, but I just feel like this has been going on for so long. And like we said it about Russell Wilson and stuff. But at this point, like the GM's calling him a diva. Rogers isn't happy. He doesn't want to be there. I mean, I don't know. I Listen, if I have millions and millions of dollars, well, could I suck it up and play? Probably. But it just seems like the relationship is fractured. I also think this story is tired. So, you know what? Wake me up when it's over when it comes to the Giants. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. No doubt. Like like I said, I said a couple of weeks ago with you guys, if I was the employer, I had an employee who was a good at his job but didn't want to work for me, and you know you're going to get a half-assed job out of him, I don't want him on my team, and I don't want him in my business. So, you know what? Go get what you can for him. And Denver, they seem like a logical area. But, again, we have talked a lot of Aaron Rodgers, so we're not going to keep going there. But we are going to go to applause and tomatoes, Nikki. I know that you're ready for this stuff over here. You got your tomatoes ready to go? You got a bag full of them bad boys? You ready to wind up and pitch that stuff? Yes, I always right. do. I'm from Jersey or the Garden State. Got lots of tomatoes for you guys. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. So I, I don't really know what to call these people, so I kind of made up a name. So I'm just going to call them overzealous bus stop parents. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I can hear where she's going with this. because All right, I have an idea. All right, let's hear it. 
All right. Look, I, like we know, um, I, I don't have kids. I don't want kids. I, I'm all set on that. Love being an aunt. Best thing in my life. They can go back home. Absolutely love it. But so I'm just trying to get to work, right? Like I'm just trying to get to work like everybody else. And I'm stuck behind this freaking bus that if I hit it at this certain road at 831 in the morning, the rest of the morning's thrown off. And, you know, sometimes the light before, that's it. It just catches me up. I, what is with these parents? Okay, we got to wave goodbye a hundred times. Hi, yeah. goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. We got to talk to the bus driver. We got to hand the construction paper, the piece of artwork. We're all standing there seeing if little Joey's going to sit down. I don't I don't get that. Parents, help me out. Why are you watching all, your kids see if they sit down? Who gets on the bus and is just like, nah, I ain't sitting today. Go. Like, <laughs> I, I, just, like, I don't understand this. It is infuriating. Everybody's beeping. These people are talking like it's we don't have a life to live. And don't even get me started on the kids that are late because I see you. Let me tell you, if you are late, if you're staying up playing video games all night, you better run your ass to that bus, hurry up, and let's go. So I, I don't know what to call them, but I think there should be some rule where you just drop the kid, one wave, slight nod to the bus driver, keep it pushing so we keep the flow of traffic going. Because these parents, you just, you guys are killing me. You're killing me and you're making me late. I don't like to be late. Oh man, let me tell you something. You would be one tough ass, ass principal with these parents. <laughs> you would not be their friend at all. You would just tell it like it is because that's what you do, Nikki. God bless you. You tell it like it is. And I understand. And these parents, yeah, it's like, oh, they, they're going to kindergarten. Look, it's, you know, day 102. You know, like what the hell is different? But they get all googly eyed and they're all happy and giddy. And then, yeah, they make friends, of course, with the neighbors and this and that. And all of a sudden, you got a big squad of people hanging around right on the block. There's like 15, you know, women. There's children all over the place. One's running in the middle of the road. Get back, Kevin! Ah! You know, and all yes, this thank you. I'm, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you, kiddo. D, what about you, man? What do you got for tomatoes this week? All right. So I mentioned it earlier. Kwame Brown has been all over the news this week. So if you're not familiar with Kwame Brown or what's going on. So Kwame Brown was number one overall pick in the 2001 NBA draft. He was the first high schooler to be the number one overall pick in NBA draft history. Right. And he did not live up to expectations and that's putting it lightly. Right. <laughs> and some people say he's not a bust because he did last in the league for a while. He was a journeyman center, but he definitely was a disappointment as an NBA player. So the All the Smoke podcast, which is hosted by NBA players or former NBA players, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, had Gilbert Arenas on as a guest. Now, Gilbert Arenas, when he first got to the Washington Wizards, his first two years, he played with Kwame Brown. So during the show, they talk about Kwame Brown. Of, of course, he's one of the most polarizing players in history. You have his former teammate there. You're going to talk about him. And Steven Jackson made a joke about him being one of the worst number one picks of all time by saying in a sarcastic fashion, he was one of the best number one picks of all time. And Matt Barnes honestly wasn't even trying to participate in the joke. Gilbert <laughs> Arenas, who played with Kwame Brown, responded to the joke by saying, honestly, he could have been. I think he could have been an Anthony Davis type player with the athleticism that Kwame Brown had. He even said Kwame Brown at seven feet tall was the second fastest dude in their team. So you think about a seven footer moving that fast guy has to be really really athletic and we saw flashes of it right so Kwame Brown saw the jokes and took took it to heart 
right? Mm-hmm. And he came back at Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Gilbert Arenas very, very hard, right? Like it was he they were joking about basketball. My man Kwame Brown came at them about life. Like he was <laughs> he, he came at them like it was rough. Like and a lot of people are praising Kwame Brown for this. They're praising him because they're like, oh, that's how you get back at him. He's a real one. And for me, I don't get it. We all hate the person who can't take a joke and takes it to the ultimate level, mm-hmm. right? Like we all knew that person where you make a joke about their shoes. Oh, look at your, your dusty shoes. And then they'll, make it, <laughs> then they'll take it to the extreme and be like, oh, my shoes are dusty. How about your property after your house burned down? Yeah, and I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> Some people can't take a joke. Oh, yeah, so you'll have people. We all know somebody like that who makes it extremely personal, and you know you uh-huh. can't joke with them. Yes. And we hate, and we hate that. For yeah. some reason, <laughs> Kwame Brown is being praised for that same type of behavior. And I just don't get it, right? That's and weird. he came at Matt Barnes about Matt Barnes' personal life, and Matt Barnes had issues with his ex-wife and another NBA player getting with her. Went there. He called Steven Jackson a fake gangster and a fake activist. Uh, he said that Gilbert Arenas took money out of his pocket. And yeah. for me, I'm like, <laughs> Gilbert Arenas didn't take money out your pocket, bro. Your lack of production and not being able to stay healthy right. took money out of your pocket. You got to take accountability for that. Now, do I believe Kwame Brown had the ability maybe to be a really good NBA player? I think so. Like Some of the things outside of his circumstances definitely hurt. Being drafted by the Wizards, that hurt. Right, getting getting there with an older Michael Jordan and a very bad roster around definitely didn't help Kwame Brown, right? And then going from there to the Lakers, where it's Kobe and nobody else around, so Kobe has to do everything, and you're getting blamed for it doesn't help. His circumstances that were outside of his control absolutely sucked, definitely. But you shouldn't get praised for someone talking basketball and you coming back at them on a extremely personal level. And people are like, yeah, Kwame. Kwame went from 1,000 subscribers on YouTube to 18,000 in like two days because he was going at these people, right? Oh, wow. So we just got <laughs> a bunch of people. Is that what you have to do? I can do that. <laughs> exactly. That's what it looks like. Yo, and- what does that tell you when I got more followers than Kwame Brown before yesterday, man? That's something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, right? it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like we were at, me and Kwame Brown had the same amount of YouTube subscribers before yesterday. And <laughs> He, like I said, he went off. And then another part of it that he went off on Stephen A. Smith. Now, Stephen A. Smith used to go really hard at Kwame Brown. Like, I don't know if you remember back in those days, whoever he considered to be trash, he would say their name like it disgusted him. He had this whole, like, that was his bit at that time. You're like, oh, Kwame Brown. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, you were like, oh, Rosho Nesterovich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice, man. Very nice. Yeah, so he had he had all these people that he just despised because they were they sucked on the basketball court. And Kwame tried to make it racial, saying that Stephen A was just going at black people when he also went at Rosho Nesterovich and Darko Milicic, who obviously aren't black. So for me, Kwame Brown, the reason that people are tuning into your YouTube channel is because you're going at Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Gilbert Arenas, tearing them down. And that's the same thing you're accusing Stephen A of. Mm. So I have to throw my tomatoes at Kwame Brown and the people who are egging him on for this behavior that we all hate when somebody takes a joke from little level down here to an extreme personal level. 
So my tomatoes are being thrown at Kanye Brown and the people egging on Kanye Brown, acting like he's doing the best thing in the world. When obviously he's still hurt from what happened during his career, which I get because he's been the butt of many jokes for 20 years now, even including myself. So I get the frustration (laughs) of it. But you shouldn't take it out in this way on those guys. And some of it just comes off as you being jealous of them when you call Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair because he's a good looking light skinned guy who has curly hair. (laughs) (laughs) So and it's like he got some good jokes. I'm not going to lie. But it's not, for me, it shouldn't be what turns him into some media mogul, whatever's going to happen now from this point forward. Now, maybe it's just going to blow over. And this is going to be a weak thing. Or maybe Kwame Brown's going to be that next guy with a big podcast. We don't know. But huh. it shouldn't be that because of this. So I have to throw my tomatoes at Kwame Brown and the people egging on Kwame Brown. I like that you said that also the people who were doing it are going to, why, why, you know, you know, inhabit this this type of you know, you know, um, I'm not, not violence or anything like that. But the situation it doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to be a part of that and go along with something that's so negative and can hurt people's feelings in different ways? And yeah, again, yeah. taking those low blows at you know, again, your personal life. When if you're talking about somebody on the court, low yeah. blows. When you're talking about somebody's family, their personal life, if they've ever had something wrong with them, whatever it may be. Now you're bringing that out to the public, man. You're not just talking like you two in a room. You, you know, Nikki, you're bringing yeah. that public. That's not in a room with just four walls and you two in it. That's it. No, that's that's not cool. And I just like I don't, you know, I don't get these people who go on social media and just like they disagree with somebody and then they go right for the jugular like you're picking on somebody for their their looks or something like that like i just like it you know it takes a (laughs) takes a lot of energy to be so negative and actually comment back to somebody and be so nasty like you could just take the high road or you know what you could just take a joke and move on with life yeah right how about that one yeah seriously but Again, he's sore, like Damien said, you know, he's sore because his career did not go the way that it was supposed to go or not the way that he thought, not at all. So yeah. I hear that right there. And that's a pretty good one, brother. I like it. Um, all right. My tomatoes. Let me get to them if I could find them. I threw them somewhere. Let me see if I can pick them up. There we go. All right. <laughs> you guys, do you watch Heavy or do you know the show Manifest? Yes. All right. Do you, you watch it, Nikki? I watch it. I'm uh, a week behind. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm caught up. You caught up. All right. What about oh, you? I have, I have to watch the show now. Well, oh, you have to. Well, we're going to find. Look, here. the thing is, all right, here's the thing, Nikki. To me, it started out like great. You know, the passengers were getting their callings to do something or fix something or help someone or whatever it may be. And it really, in large part, revolved around that kid named Cal, you know, yeah. the son, you know. Yeah. Now he's nowhere in the show. I mean, he has disappeared. I don't know if it had something to do with his personal life. And I, God, I hope not that's not the case, but. They wrote him out of it, everything altogether, and now they went from a missing plane to Noah's Ark appearing yeah. out of freaking nowhere. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there, and my head is spinning all over the place trying to figure out where the F are you going with this whole thing right now? <laughs> so I, I was loving the show in the beginning, but now Noah's Ark and a flood and, and everybody's seeing clouds in the sky, and all of a sudden – you know, Ben Stone is in his basement. He's got water up. Pictures are wet and the tigers yeah. and lions yeah. come in. Yeah. Right. And his wife is like, fool, you ain't wet, man. There's nothing going on. You're <laughs> like, imagine this whole thing. <laughs> like, holy crap, he's on some good acid right now or mushrooms or something. But that's Nikki, that it, it it's I'm still gonna watch, but it yeah. has turned me off. 
it's turned me off. Yeah, so I did actually read uh, with Cal, I believe it was something with the labor law, I guess, because he's under, I don't know if it's 18, maybe it's like 16 or something. I yeah, guess he can only sure. work, yeah, so much or whatever. Um, huh. But I am with you, Jay. Like, I loved it. D, you should watch it just to see, like, season one and then see where it's at today. And I'm just watching it. Like, I got to have the recap with me because I, you know, watch back on DVR. And I got to, like, rewind. I'm like, wait, I'm just not – how do we get from here to there? And you know what? I got more questions than answers. I hate that. I really hate that shit. Like, give me some give me some answers and tie up a storyline and then move on. So right. I'm with you, Jay. It's It's super confusing right now. I'm gonna watch because I feel like I have to see it through. But exactly, and what was that whole point? Just real, what was the whole point of Ben Stone putting his hand on the wing and it glowing? I mean, I don't know. They never told really- us, and then Michaela's hand starts glowing. Right. They don't tell us what that is. Oh. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, but I'm still watching it. They locked me into the stupidity is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, D. I, I don't know if you want to do it. But, hey, yo, Chris Sale in the house. Drop Rolls podcast. Got to admit, though, Kwame Brown stuff was funny as hell is what he's saying. You know, <laughs> he, he, he had some good jokes. It was some. He had some good jokes. And we all are, I guess the word is like predisposed to negativity and that's why it sells that's why people love reality tv like that's why i'm watching below deck and seeing nikki's tweets and agreeing with them yeah (laughs) we see those things and you you see it and it's something that i think we have as people have to like try to weed our way out of it right because it could be funny but at the same time it's not what we should want right? right right and like i said we all hate that person that takes the joke like you make a joke about their shoes and then they make a joke about your house burning down. Like <laughs> we we all hate that person. But Kwame Brown did the equivalent of that and is getting praised for it. That part doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's really well done. And I hope that the people listening to this who may be, you know, again, on the younger side, go the other way. You don't want to do what you, you don't want to go down that road. The personal road is not the one you want to go down. You do not want to talk about people's moms. All right. That goes way back to when I was a kid. Do not talk about mm-hmm. mothers. That's like the number one thing. All right. So get that straight. We know that. All right. Um, you guys know I like to snake it around. I'm going to give my applause. It's really quick. And it goes to a man named Spencer Turnbull. He's a pitcher for the uh, I'm, excuse me. He's a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And last night he pitched a no hitter against the Seattle Mariners. And that's the fifth no hitter this season already, which is amazing in itself. So either the pitching has gotten a lot better around the league or guys are just flat out not hitting the ball well. And, this, you know, the stats are really backing it up. The ERAs are low and the batting averages are down. So the fifth no-hitter already, and it's May 19th, that's really amazing in itself. But, again, Spencer Turnbull threw a no-hitter yesterday against uh, the Mariners. He did it again. He's the Detroit Tiger, at first no-hitter in his career. So congratulations. My applause goes to him. And anytime you know, a pitcher does that, especially a perfect game, uh, fantastic, fantastic. Again, Shane Miller is saying right now, and he's right. That's the second time the Mariners got no hit this season. So oh, we're not wow. talking about a really good hitting team right there, guys. So good good job by Turnbull right there. I got a question for you, Jay. Yeah. So I've, I've been hearing people talk about baseball and how it's become too number driven, where hitters now, if it's not a home run, it's not really deemed as successful. Do you yeah. think that's hurting the game? And that's why pitchers are having so many no hitters now. The ERAs are going down is because of the analytics taking over the game. 
what you just said makes perfect sense because they're looking for the home run is why there are more strikeouts. There is no question about it. As Shane is saying, you know, that everybody wants to have a no hitter against the Marlins and, you know, the Mar- uh, and Mariners are, or the Mar- excuse me, the Mariners and the Mariners are trash. Chris Ellis saying, but that's exactly what it is. The, it makes perfect sense that, they're all trying to hit home runs, and as a result of that, they're striking out a lot more. So, no, I don't think the pitchers are better. They didn't move the mound back. Nothing has changed necessarily. You still have great hitters in baseball, but, yeah, the stats are a killer. And it goes back to that commercial that Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin had, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. That was like 1995 or something like that. And that has – I swear to God, they did a commercial like that. Yeah. I think, God, it was, you remember, right? So, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, I I'm I'm not about that, man. I'm I'm more about like, look, bunt the guy over to second base and let's try to get a run in this inning to help out our pitcher. And not everything has got to be a home run over the fence. So I'm more of a National League style baseball guy, where again, it's more like that, and there is no designated hitter as opposed to the American League, where you feel like everybody in the lineup can hit thirty to forty home runs every year. So D, you made a really good point right there. As we get to your uh, round of applause. So my round of applause is going to go to Fox, the channel Fox. Uh, there's a lot of good shows on that channel. You made me think about it when you talk about Manifest. Um, I know I think Manifest is NBC, but with Fox, you have these two 911 shows. They have 911 and 911 uh, Long Star or right. Lone Star, excuse me. Two great shows that make you appreciate first responders. And what they go through in their personal lives, along with the craziness that they can encounter on these calls when they go out and see somebody who's going to the emergency room because they tried to do something sexual with something they shouldn't try to be do something sexual oh. with. <laughs> <laughs> you have like the craziness you see, and um, it two those two go two shows are great. Then you also have the resident, which is a hospital show. And you see what hospitals deal with. My wife's a nurse, so I see it in real life. But when you see on these shows people who, you know, don't have the experience that I have, you know, seeing my wife come home from 12-hour shifts, when you see it, it makes you appreciate the jobs doctors and nurses have so much more. And plus, they're going to add a little bit to it because it's TV. So the drama is going to be a little bit more than it normally would be. Mm -hmm. But they do a great job on those shows of showing why we should appreciate these guys. I understand with the bad cops out there, sometimes we forget what cops go through on a day-to-day basis. Firemen go through on a day-to-day basis, doctors, nurses, social workers. So those shows make me and others truly appreciate it. So I just want to give a shout out to 911, 911 Lone Star, the resident, and also a shout out to all the first responders, nurses and doctors out there. Uh, Cause they need shows like this to help like just make it entertaining enough to where it makes us remember why we appreciate those guys so much. Wow. Nikki Damien just keeps making it harder and harder to follow <laughs> up over there. That's why I'm making you follow this up over here because it's impossible. He just, but he says it's, it's beautifully said what you said right there. You know, there are so many great people in this world who are willing to give themselves, even sometimes give their lives to do the job that they're, signed up to do that they want to do and yeah a lot of these tv shows they actually show that so it's a great call out of you man do you watch that show nikki are you into that um yes i haven't watched lone star but i have watched 911 i haven't watched this season yet but i I have watched it in the past okay all right cool cool that might be another one that might be another one you get like some extreme things i'm sure your wife is like 
stitching up somebody's finger after a drunken night. But on 911, it's like a <laughs> hurricane, earthquake, mudslide, like the whole yeah. deal. Like hospitals all full throughout the state. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'll do my applause real quick. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, applause to Andy Jassy. So he is the current head of Amazon Web Services. And he is going to take over for Jeff Bezos later this year when he steps down. Do you guys remember when Amazon was looking for their HQ2? Where are they going to put their new headquarters? And they had like their list of three, five cities or whatever. Right. So, so this guy, Brad Stone, writes this book called Amazon Unbound. And in it, he discloses that Andy Jassy had an internal meeting because Philadelphia was one of the cities on the shortlist. So there was down to three. So in this meeting, Jassy says, no, I dislike the city of Philadelphia. My employees don't want to live there. And it is home to my giants, bitter rival, the Eagles not happening. Like everybody thought this was a joke, right? So it turns out not too long later, does Philadelphia get eliminated from consideration of having Amazon's uh, second headquarters there? And Andy Jassy was just like, my New York sports allegiances run so deep. And I freaking love that. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> it to Philly. And sometimes you just got to make big life decisions based on sports. So I love it. I am here for it. I think that was amazing. Oh, no, oh, man. That's a lot. I know you would love that. You yes. would love <laughs> Philadelphia lose now or something due to the fact that they have the Eagles. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> That'll teach you. Don't, don't us. Oh, man. What do they do? <laughs> they sat their friggin' players, gave the goddamn division away. Like, <laughs> so now you lose out on Amazon. That's what you get. You see, there you go. Nikki, she, again, she wants nothing to do with Philly. She is not going there, not by car, not by bus, not by train, not by plane. It ain't going to freaking happen. I do not want to, Sam, I am. <laughs> I think far away. <laughs> oh, man, having a blast already over here on the 3rd and 3 podcast, kicking your ass, Damian, Nikki, and me, Jason Fearman in the house, man, having a whole lot of fun. We're going to keep it going. We know... We have our Mount Player play and it's a different topic every single week. And this week, due to the fact that five rookies went in the first round of the NFL draft, we're going to go with best rookie seasons that we've seen out of a quarterback. So this could be really interesting right now. Guys, I'll start it off. The four, We all have four. Excuse me. We all have four. We're going to start with number four. My number four is Big Ben, and it's more because of – maybe how he managed the team that he was with. He had 13 starts in his rookie year. He had a very high completion percentage. It was 66.4% with 2,600 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's not so great. And he ran for a touchdown with a little over 100 yards. But they went 15-1 and that year, the Steelers. And he, again, was 13-0 and in all of his starts. So, I have to give him four right there. When you go undefeated in 13 starts as a rookie, that says something to me, Damien. So I had to go with Big Ben with number four. Now, that's a really good pick right there. He he managed the game well. Like He yeah. wasn't asked to do too much. But right. you can lose a game being a rookie quarterback, and he didn't do those, right? So I, I like that pick right there. For my number four, I'm going to go with Robert Griffin III. Uh, his rookie season was amazing. His first game was against my Saints, and he destroyed us. I'll never forget <laughs> it. 
Uh, he killed us in that game. First play, play action, 80-yard touchdown pass against the Saints. Uh, so that's some one of the reasons when like you brought this topic, I was like, I gotta put Robert Griffin the third because I never forget that. I was so excited for the season to start. First play out the gate, our CI defense is gonna be horrible this year. Uh, so yeah, it was, <laughs> and he had so many amazing plays. Unfortunately, you know, suffered a knee injury at the end of that season. He was never the same. But you watching him that year, I remember him having the super long runs down the sideline, the athletic ability that was there, the arm strength. He won Rookie of the Year, Office Rookie of the Year, over Andrew Luck that season. That's right. Uh, so you have to remember how good Robert Griffin III was and how good he could have been. So that's who I have at number four is RG3. Great number four. He's got to be on the list. No question about it. I love it. And real quick to Shane Miller. Uh, no, that is not a Bo Jackson jersey that Damian has on. That is <laughs> uh, what? Tell him, baby. Tell him what you're what okay. it, it is Willie Beeman from Any that's Given right. Sunday, the Miami Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch the movie any given sunday and then you'll know so there you go shane there you go um all right so where were we going off the number four nikki you're number four rookie quarterback that you've seen so i'm actually gonna go joe flacco here oh that's interesting okay so you know rookie season 08 has immediate success with the Ravens, leads them 11 and 5 record, 2,971 yards, 14 TDs, also the highest drafted player at a University of Delaware, which shout out to University of Delaware. I had some friends go there. Does that school know how to freaking party? Okay. This is a blast. <laughs> I would imagine there's not too much to do in Delaware. So I imagine the school has it, to be able to party. <laughs> that school certainly parties. I mean, I remember, well, you know what? Let me just, my dad listens to this show. So, let me just keep it moving. <laughs> so, Joe Flacco's first game, right, against the Bengals. So, he completes 15 and 29 passes, 129 yards, longest pass, 15 yards to Derek Mason. Didn't throw any TDs or any interceptions. But he had 38 yards rushing, which was the longest rushing touchdown by a quarterback in Ravens history, right? Wow. Oh, yeah, I guess he up to that at, point. Yeah, at that, at that <laughs> time. <laughs> so, but also then, let's not forget, he they go to the AFC Championship, right? Um, now, I know you could say, oh, he inherited that Ravens defense, and, and he did, and it certainly, certainly helped. But I just think Joe Flacco is from this tiny, he's from this small town called Autobahn, New Jersey. I guess, like, if I... I know where it is, but I mean, <laughs> you really need well, to like get your map. And yeah, it is just like middle of nowhere, like Southwest Jersey, like nobody's really there. So I just think Joe Flacco deserves a little bit of love. Granted, he inherited that amazing Ravens defense, but he did a lot to help get them there. No, that's not bad at all. That That's a good, you know, it's kind of like Big Ben, you know, managing the game a little bit, you know, in your rookie season and relying on your defense. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Not bad at all. All right. Let's uh, let me get my number three over here. My number three is actually Robert Griffin the third. So I went uh, just one step higher than you, D. He had 15 starts that year, 66 uh, uh, completion percentage, uh, through that was 3,200 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, and only five picks. And he had 815 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Whoa. I, I thought about putting him at number one, but you'll hear my other two and maybe, you know, we'll have a debate after that. But Robert Griffin III had one of the best rookie seasons out of any quarterback 
ever. And I really, really thought about number one, but there are two guys that I think beat him out a little bit. But again, he started every game but one. All those yards rushing and passing together, only five interceptions? Freaking phenomenal. So, Damien, I got him at number three, man. Nah, I definitely can't disagree with that pick at all. I love that pick. And like I said, the first game out the gate, I saw how special he could be against my Saints. So I definitely had to put him on my list. And you know so, what was really interesting and so special before we get to yours? You know, the, the game yeah. that they played against Seattle in the playoff game, Robert Griffin got hurt. They were up, I think, 10 nothing or 14 nothing at that point. And Seattle and Russell Wilson come back to beat him. So get, he got hurt. Getting hurt in that game was the downfall of his career. It really yeah. was. He was never the same after, and it's really unfortunate because he shined, like you said, and he won Rookie of the Year because of his ability. So I just wanted to say that real quick before we get to yours. No, definitely. And it needs to be recognized when people look back at his career because he's going to be one that's looked at as a bust. He's going to get the Kwame Brown jokes. Hopefully he doesn't come back the way Kwame Brown did. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now for my number three, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Um, nice. Cam Newton came out the gates like just roaring. I remember his first two games, if I remember correctly, we were both over 400 yards. Uh, he was the first person in NFL history to start out the gates like that. Um, and crazy thing is, when you look at his stats, his rookie year was his best year passing. Um, he completed 60% of his passes, threw for over 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So he got better at protecting the ball as he got older. Um, but amazing year passing the ball and, of course, rushing the ball uh, as a rookie People hadn't seen something like this with Cam Newton, right? 6'6", six, six, what, 250, right. running a 4'6". Like, just that's just dumb. And like at that point, point <laughs> yeah, he's a, a rookie doing this. So he's fear, he's fearless at that point, right? And he's running over people, not sliding. And he came out the gates just amazing, man. I remember that year, you know, of course, he was with the Panthers, played against the Saints twice, and we couldn't do nothing with them. Uh, so Cam Newton... Got to give props to him on his rookie year. Oh, no doubt, man. And listen, it, it, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah. He was, I think he threw in his first two years, he threw for over 4,000 yards, if I'm not mistaken. So Cam Newton, number three, excellent job. Nikki, what do you got? Uh, Jay, I'm with you. I have RG3 as my number three. All right. So not much to add except that um, my dad always calls him or <laughs> would call him that 3G kid. <laughs> like he was like <laughs> 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 tower. nicknames. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just will drop some knowledge. He did um, break he did break many records, but this one in particular, he was the first player in professional sports in the big four to have Roman numerals on the back of his Jersey. And in 2012, the league changed the rule to allow for players to include generational titles in their names. So he was the first to do that. And yeah, you guys remember how controversial his injury was, right? Like didn't Shanahan said he could play, and then the doctor came out and said, like, well, no, I didn't actually clear him for that. And then he ended up getting injuring the knee again, right? Like, yeah, so you're right. I, I just think about like, man, what what could what could have been for our it was a whole thing with him coming back too early as well, the next season mm-hmm. with Adidas pushing him to come back and the whole ready for game one like uh campaign that Adidas had. There's so much that went wrong with his career that was out. Some of it was in his control, but he was young. So it was outside influences that really messed him up, I believe. Uh, So, yeah, RG3, man. Shout out to RG3, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. No question. No question. Well done right there. Uh, Damien, you keep stepping on my toes over here, bro. I got Cam Newton at number two. <laughs> all right. He's at number two. So I'm going another step higher. Cam Newton, number two. He started every game. Um, 60% completion percentage. Not fantastic, obviously. But again, threw for over 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns passing, 14 interceptions. Not great, obviously. But 700 rushing yards and 14 rushing touchdowns. So you compile all that. That's fantastic. And 14 interceptions. Yeah, that's not good. But when you combine it all together and you have 35 touchdowns uh, next to 14 interceptions, that's a hell of a job. Plus, again, throwing over 4,000 yards and running for over 700 yards. Whoa, dude. Cam Newton came in there, like you said, like like a bull in a china shop, man. And he, he was handling it like, like a pro on the field every single day and did a great job. His first year, second year, then went to a Super Bowl in a couple of seasons after that. Now with the Patriots, we'll see what happens. But as far as the rookie year is concerned, yeah, D, you nailed it. So that's my number two. Okay, now, nah, great number two right there. For my number two, this guy didn't play his entire rookie season. But you could see he was going to be an all-time great, even playing only nine games rookie year. Uh, he went 7-2 and two as a starter, uh, completed 58% of his passes. But this is back in 1983. Talking about Mr. Dan Marino. Mm. In nine games in 1983, he threw for 2,210 yards, 20 touchdowns, only six interceptions. So think about that back then. Interceptions were a lot higher. People averaged a lot more interceptions back then. And for his TD to interception ratio to be that low at such a young age and him to come in and make the Pro Bowl starting only nine games as a rookie, absolutely nuts, man. And we saw what was going to come from Dan Marino from that being one of the best of all time, top five, top ten at the you know at the least so dan marino man great rookie year even though he only started nine games yeah that's right and i'm gonna tell you right now he's not on my list because it was only nine games and not his fault but that's the reason why i omitted him and then he went to the super bowl the next year went crazy through for those 48 touchdowns but my niners ultimately were able to stop him out right nikki you know what that stop him out is all about so we did that in 1984 but that's a great one uh, dan marino in 83 can't go wrong over there Nikki, what about yours? What do you got for your number two? Uh, so my number two, I just want to illustrate that I can be objective, okay? I know where she's <laughs> going. I know where she's going. <laughs> Carson Wentz, all right? Yeah. No, I was not going to go Dak Prescott, although I could have. But um, so Eagles take him second overall, right? 2016 draft. You, that made him the first quarterback the Eagles selected in the first round of uh, NFL draft since McNabb in 1999. Um, so this kid comes out, right? And remember the plan for him was he was just going to sit and learn. Like, so crazy. Like, the NFL is just not like that today. Sit and learn behind Sam Bradford, who, oops, plans change. He gets traded to the Vikings. Debut game for Wentz against the Browns. 278 yards, two touchdowns, 29, 29 to 10 victory. And the entire NFC East is just like, oh shit. Like we got to play this kid, like Doug Peterson and this offense. Like I am not looking forward to this team, right? Fast forward week nine, he goes off against the Giants, has a career day, which we did win the game. I just want to clarify, the Giants did win the game. <laughs> but it was miserable because he has a career day against us. Just like breaking all types of records, right? 379 completions by a rookie that was held previously by Sam Bradford. Um, set the franchise records with uh, 607 pass attempts. 
behind Andrew Luck, who's at 627. Ends his rookie season, 3,782 yards, 16 TDs, 14 picks. And I swear to God, I never heard the word RPO so freaking much than <laughs> when Carson Wentz started. Not bad, not bad. Yep, drafted second overall out of North Dakota State, like my boy Trey Lance, but drafted number three. And, yeah, Wentz, he, he looked like he was going to be that – and still, he can be. But he looked like he was going to be that quarterback that is just going to go boom, 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 all the way up. He's going to be a top three quarterback for the rest of his career. He's going to be rejuvenated with a lot of us thinking Indy. So I, I love that, Nikki. That's great right there. And for you to be impartial about it, that's even better on you. So well done. Well done. I like it. Take the bias out of the whole thing. And I'm going to take the bias out of the whole thing, too, because I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I am a fan of Dak Prescott, and he's my number one, guys. Dak Prescott, 16 starts. He started every game, near 68 completion percentage, almost 3,700 yards, 23 passing touchdowns, only four interceptions, ran for almost 300 yards, and ran for six touchdowns. When you talk about complete and you talk about not turning over the ball or whether it's managing a game or winning a game at the end, look, the guy's completion percentage was sky high right there, especially for a rookie. And again, four interceptions in 16 games, four and 23 touchdowns, and he ran for six more. Dak Prescott probably had the cleanest rookie season I've ever seen out of a quarterback in my life the cleanest rookie season. He was phenomenal, and he's going to keep getting better and better. He's one of those guys. What do you think about my number one? I don't know if you guys have him in there. If you don't, say something. We'd say it at the end, but Dak Prescott is my number one. I thought about it long and hard. I had to give it to him. That's a great pick. You make amazing points on that one. Yeah, great stats. He came in. Think about the pressure he came in. Tony Roma gets hurt. Right. He comes in, and Tony. that team was expected to do very well with Tony Romo. So he's coming in with a lot of pressure and was able to lead that team to victories and play very efficient and turnover free football as a rookie. So that's a great pick. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I just have to look. I'm a 49er fan, Nikki. I don't like giving it to Cowboys, but I had to give it to Dak right there. Just like you, you don't want to give it to Philly fans, but you gave it to Wentz. So, Damien, what is your new hombre uno? Yes. So for my number one, I went with Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a friend of the show. Yes. You know, you guys love him. But his rookie year, he wasn't supposed to start. Matt Flynn, he got this huge contract after balling out in the final game of the season yeah. for the Packers. And he was supposed to be the starter. And Matt Flynn actually played well during the preseason. But Russell Wilson was so far and above him that he got the start and Never looked back since. They went 11 and 5 that year. He threw for 3,118 yards and 26 touchdowns while also running for almost 500 yards and four scores on the ground. And his style of play at his size was something that you know he had to ball out with everything going against him, right? Not too many QBs at his size are going to get that chance to be the start of their rookie year unless they're just killing in practice in the preseason. So he came in right away and proved why he's that guy. So I had to give it to Russell Wilson. I think that's great. That's great. You know what? I didn't even have him on my list. I don't know if that's shame on me or there are so many quarterbacks that did have really good rookie seasons. But, yeah, Russell Wilson, fantastic. Went to a Super Bowl in his, what, third year? And then yeah. went to another one the next year. And they would have won if they would have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. So, you know, would have been talking about two Super Bowls for Russell Wilson already. So, Nikki, I know that you probably love that pick right there. Is that your number one, too? 
I do love that pick. And I, um, it's not my number one, but okay. I feel like there are so many ways to go here that there's really like no wrong answer. If you see Eli Manning, we're ending this show. Really? <laughs> no. Actually, my number one is your number four, Jay. So I did go Big Ben at number one. Okay. And I know you hit us with all the stats, so I won't touch on that. But I do think it was crazy that Pittsburgh's plan for him was to sprinkle in Ben Roethlisberger uh, behind Tommy Maddox for one to two seasons. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, you just think back, like, wow, what if that really actually happened? But I will just touch on one of the biggest games um, of his career. So it is Halloween night, October 31st, 2004, against the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots. Big Ben beats them and thus ends the Patriots 21 game winning streak. So this is not an Eli Manning pick, but shout out to the class, a quarterback class of 2004 who loves to end Patriots winning streaks. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well done. I love it. But the jab at the end. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent job. All right. So I like that. We all had different number ones. I didn't even have Russell Wilson on my list. Very interesting right there. You know, we could have talked about a lot of different guys. I thought about Lamar Jackson, maybe, and how well he did. But, uh, wow. All right, so great job all around. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so still having fun over here in the 3rd and 3 podcast. we got a couple of more segments to bring to you, and we're going to do that right now. There are no breaks over here. We get into this thing, and we do it immediately. There's no messing around. We're not going to do this or that today, but we are going to do something that is a staple. It never leaves. It's always with us. It's in our hearts in our minds, and sometimes in our brains if we know the answer. Lucky me, I've been having a little success lately. Say, it has not been in my brain lately at all. <laughs> <laughs> but let us introduce to you now the segment, if I can possibly get through this stupid little ad over here. And uh, let's get a little tricky. Come on, let's do it. Where's my music? Come on, run DMC. Don't let me down over here. Gotta have here the music. We go. Here we go. My recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 All right, that's how we do it. That's how we started up. Yeah, Damien, oh, Mr. Roboto over there doing his thing. <laughs> oh, man, it is indeed knowledge with Nikki time. And I have been having a couple of good weeks over here, so I'm really hoping that I can continue my streak, Nikki. I don't know how this is happening, but it's been happening. Yeah, D, love you. You need to have a good week. I do. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so since we're talking about rookie seasons, and I know that we like to go through the years and, and, you know, say who was the rookie of the year, and we did do that already, but let's not forget, there's rookie of the year for Associated Press, there's the Pepsi rookie of the year, and there is something called the PFWA rookie of the year award, right? So... That is the Pro Football Writers of America. So what we're going to do is do what we do. We're going to go through the years. Now, the way they do it, they give a defensive and an offensive. 
And in 2013, they started in overall. So I will note the year and if it's offensive, defensive, or overall, and you give me the player. Okay. Okay. All right. I think I got it. All right. D, right? Is it D goes first this time, I think. Or no? Am I wrong? I believe so. All right. You're up, champ. Let's see. What do you got? <laughs> All right, champ, D. Very ironic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. I suppose you could use the listeners as a lifeline, maybe, if you, <laughs> if you need right. to phone a friend. All right. So we'll start with the 70s, of course. D, 1970, the PFWA Defensive Rookie of the Year was? Mm, defensive Rookie of the Year, 1970. Um, I'm going to go with, because I obviously know this, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, 1970. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mean Joe Green. No. Okay. Let's try for the steal. I think I may have it. I'll be really happy if I do. Was it Nick Bonacani? It was not. Ah. It was Bruce Taylor. Ooh. Bruce Taylor. Who did he got that? San Fran. Oh, okay. All right. All right, let's try. Let's go to 1984, the PFWA Offensive Rookie of the Year. 1984. I'm going to go with Jerry Rice. No. <sighs> Came in the year after. So 84 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. Oh, 84 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's go with, uh, I don't want to take too much time over here. It can't be him. I'm going to say Eric Dickerson. No. Lewis Lips, wide receiver. Lewis Lips and ships. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Okay, D, let's go to. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, let me get Google. F this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1995 PFWA Offensive Rookie of the Year. 1995 Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with my man out of Marrero, Louisiana, slash Cordell Stewart. No, Jay? <sighs> wow, I was thinking him. I was thinking him. Oh, shoot. Okay, so it's definitely – all right, obviously it's not him. But that's what I was thinking of, too. Uh, 95, Rookie of the Year, Marshall Falk. Curtis Martin. Son of a gun. Oh, that's a good one. He went through my head, too. He really did. <laughs> All right, did two more. So let's go to 2008, PFWA Defensive Rookie of the Year. 2008. Hmm. Is he this old? No, he can't. No, he's not that old. Oh. 2008. I'm going to go with 2008. The names I'm thinking of aren't that old. It's crazy because it's, it's like it doesn't seem like that long ago. Then when you really think about it, it is that long ago. It's really long ago. It really is. Um, wow. I'm going to go with 2008. 
Man, why am I drawing a blank on that year? It's just uh, I know it's not this guy. I know he's not that old. Uh, dang. Yeah, I just got. I'm gonna go JJ Watt. I know it's not him though. No. <laughs> Jay, yeah, I'm, I'm having a tough time, so I don't want to keep going through my head more. Von Miller, Gerard, no. or Gerard Mayo. Oh, Ooh, all right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think he was that old either. <laughs> no, me either. I, I definitely thought he was younger than that. 2008. Yeah. No kidding. All right, all right. D, I'm, I'm going to try for us both over here. I'm going to. Well, let's tag team. No, we got right? one. We got, wait, we got one more. D's got one oh, more. Yes. Five. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. We got, we got five. Okay, great. We got five each. So 2013 PFWA overall rookie of the year. 2013. Hmm. 13. I'm gonna go. Man, my rookie now is horrible. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go 2013. Um, I know if Chris is still listening, he's probably killing it right now. Rookie now. Uh, I'm gonna go with. 2013. Was that Von Miller? It was not. Uh, Jay? 2013 rookie of the year. Um oh, I'm having a tough time right now. 2013 rookie of the year. I heard an echo. I had to get rid of that. 2013 Rookie of the Year. Oh, you said overall, right? Overall, yep. Um, how about son of a gun, Adrian Peterson? Why did I say him? That's stupid. <laughs> Eddie Lacy. 2013. Oh, Eddie Lacy, man. If he could have stopped eating. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Jay. That was bad on me. Wow. All right. Well, we we right. got we got five more years to maybe get through. So let's see. Okay. So can you give me 1972 PFWA Defensive Rookie of the Year? Defensive Rookie of the Year, 1972. Um. How about 72? Jack Tatum? No. Do you want to no. wanna try or you want to just like we feel go, like F pass. you? Okay. Okay. Go ahead and pass it on. <laughs> uh, Sher- Sherman White. Ooh, Defensive I know. Never would have got that. All right. Maybe you will get 1986. PFWA Offensive Rookie of the Year. 86. Okay. Um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, 1986. Christian Okoye. No. D? Attempts? Pass? Uh, 86. I'm going to go with 86. 
Yeah, pass. Wow. <laughs> Ruben, Ruben Mays, Saints running back. Ruben Mays, yeah. Before my, before my <laughs> time there with the Saints. Just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Jay. How about you give me 1997's PFWA Offensive Rookie of the Year? 97? 97. That ha- Isn't that Randy Moss's year? Uh, I think that was the next year. Nope. Shoot. All right. Anyway, try? 90, 97. I'm going to go with 97. Was that Marshall Falk? Warwick Dunn. Oh. Warwick Dunn. That's a good one. All right, Jay, let's move on to 2006 PFWA Defensive Rookie of the Year. To our 2006 defense. Well, I might know this one. <laughs> yeah, <I'll laughs> 2006 Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Two thousand six. Oh shoot! Wait, is that Von Miller? No, Dink. I remember that draft well because oh. the Saints had the second overall pick. They went Reggie Bush. I'm gonna go with number one overall pick, Mario Williams. Demarco Ryan's the linebacker. Uh, <laughs> I thought I finally had <laughs> I like where you had went there, though, D. I like where you had went. Yeah, that was controversial. Number one pick, like Mario Williams. Yeah. Really, we're gonna pick him, and yeah, he never really turned out to be that much. He was an average player at best, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, he oh had well. a few years where he lived up to it, but yeah, overall, he wasn't a Hall of Famer like people thought he was gonna be coming out. No, not a number one guy. Yeah, and then Reggie Bush. Yep, that was an interesting draft, no doubt. All right, Nikki, I know I got one more. Like, we got to see people. You got, you got this. I don't know. One of you has got to get this. Two thousands. <laughs> 2017 PFWA Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, come on, Jay. 2017 Defensive Rookie of the Year. Miles Garrett? No. Dave? Uh, is that Aaron Donald? Marshawn Lattimore. Quarterback. Oh, 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 D, bad on you, bro. Oh, man. Damn, <laughs> you guys do so good on, like, the obscure things I give you, like Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> like, Valentine's Day hearts and roses are given out. Screw the sports. Uh, Why do we bother with the sports? <laughs> oh, this um, is- I'm really mad at myself for that one. Man, I know, see, I'm I know mad he- at you. I thought yeah. – he I bought out the gear too. Yeah, I thought like, oh, if Jay doesn't get a D steal in that, man, come on, you guys rolled a donut today. <laughs> yeah, we really did, man. I'm embarrassed. Look, Chris is on there laughing at us right now. Say what? Say it again. He's probably laughing at us right now. We didn't get any of these right. Totally embarrassing. I don't uh, know. If he, to go he, looked, he looked them all up. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah, man. I feel a little better now that, that Chris didn't know him. Because, yeah, I was yeah. like. Come on, man. man. We always live by the honor code over here. We never cheat. We don't Google. Right, and we yeah. can probably tell if we were all cheating anyway. We would hear us typing. We don't yeah. do that. I'm, I'm really going to be upset like for the rest of the night that I didn't get that Marshawn Lattimore one. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
<laughs> All right, yeah. my streak is over. I had two good weeks, but I just flopped right there on everything. That was awful. But Nikki, it's not your fault. Again, round of applause to you because the questions were great. They really were. Not your fault. So well done on you. Damien, we got to do better, man. We got to do better. No, we got to. We got to. Next week, I got to redeem myself for the past three weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you you got me for a couple of weeks in a row going back, and then, then I got a couple, and now we just, both of us, Put up goose eggs, man. No good, bro. No good. Can't have you that. You did have uh, what was your guest list? Nevada, right? Yeah, yeah. That was my one, my one, <laughs> my one little touch of glory. <laughs> guest Nevada that was University. That was great. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Awesome. All right. So the brand new segment that we want to bring to you guys, we're going to do it right now. And Nikki named it fact or fiction. And the reason why she named it is that. I'm going to say a sentence, or maybe we all well, Nikki, Damien, did you guys do any, or uh, is it just yeah, on me? I got, I got a couple. I all right, got a great. Couple as well. Excellent. So we're all going to go around. We're going to say two statements. One of them is going to be the truth, and we have to determine which one of them is the truth. So here we go. Let's try it out. Guys, I'll start, and we'll start in the NFL. And, again, this could be anything. It, it, it could be sports. It could be reality TV like Nikki loves and everything. It could be anything that we want. But one statement is true. One statement is not. So which one is true out of these guys? Ready? Here we go. All right. And it'll, well, I'll ask you each. So I won't say anything until it's done. Marvin Harrison led the NFL in receiving yards twice. Or Randy Moss led the league in receiving touchdowns three times. Mm-hmm. Damien, we'll go to you first, and then we'll go to Nikki. Which statement is true? Marvin Harrison led the NFL in receiving yards twice or Randy Moss led the league in receiving touchdowns three times. I'm going to go Randy Moss. For All fact. right. Okay. For fact. And Nikki, what do you say? I'm going to say Marvin Harrison fact. Nikki, you would be correct. Yeah. Marvin Harrison is the right one. Randy I Moss. Suck. <laughs> no, you know what, Damien, you don't suck because Randy Moss led the league in receiving touchdowns five times. Five times. Uh, so you're, you're in the right round, man. Tricky J. Yeah. You were in the right realm, bro. So, no, you can feel good about that one, man. All right. All right. Nick, you got one? I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, I sure do. Oh, Lord, she might have to be. <laughs> what is this about to be? <laughs> okay. The letter, <laughs> the letter, oh, man. The letter K in Scrabble is worth four points. The letter K in Scrabble is worth five points. Oh, wow. Uh, it's funny because me and my wife, we have game nights and we play Scrabble. Oh, yeah. And she's going to be mad at me if I get this wrong. Um, letter K, I believe it's worth four points. I'm going to say four points also. And it's worth five. Oh, oh shit. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Damn, oh, I definitely four for sure. I wrote it right oh. down. K, four points. It wrote right <laughs> in my paper. Not right. Oh, man. I just remember Z is 10 because I always try to get zoo Z. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, get us some See, quick Nikki, points. That was, a very, that was a very clever question. I like that a lot. That's really cool. I like that. All right, D, give us one of yours. Okay, so Kyrie Irving just joined the illustrious 50-40-90 club, which means that you shot 50% from the field, 
40% from three and 90% from the free throw line. So my fact of fiction, uh, fact or fiction, Steve Nash is on this list three times or Malcolm Brogdon is on this list. So which one is fact? Which one is fiction? Steve Nash is on the list three times or Malcolm Brogdon is on the 50, 40, 90 list. We'll start with Jay. I'm going to say Steve Nash. I think it's Steve Nash. Yeah, I think you're trying to mess with my head. All right. <laughs> what you going with, Nikki? I literally have no idea, so I will ride Jay's coattails. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Steve Nash. Uh, fact. So the fact is that Malcolm Brogdon is on the list. The fiction is Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash did it four times, not three. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Tricky Damien, all right, right back at you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Tricky D, Tricky D in the house. So. <laughs> oh, you know what? Honestly, though, I didn't know that Malcolm Brogdon was on the list. I didn't know he was part of that because that's a that's a very short list. I thought it was only like maybe five or six guys in the whole entire list yeah. that did that. Yeah, it's only right? nine people in history who have nine. done it. Yeah, and only people that have done it multiple times are Larry Bird and Steve Nash. So Brogdon did it with with uh, the Pacers, huh? Uh, he did it with, I believe it was Milwaukee. He did it with. Oh, Milwaukee he did it with. Okay, got you. All right, no yeah. doubt. All right, here we go. Here's the next one for you guys. Which one is fact? Jerome Bettis led the NFL in rushing attempts three times, or Calvin Johnson, Megatron, best season was more than 1,900 yards. Which one is true? I'll say it again, Nikki. Jerome Bettis led the NFL in rushing attempts three times, or Calvin Johnson's best season was more than 1,900 yards. What do you think, Nick? Mm, let's say Jerome Bettis, fact. All right, so you're going with Bettis. Do you agree with her, Damian? No, I'm going to go Calvin Johnson, fact. You're going Calvin Johnson, fact, and you would, in fact, be correct, sir. You are absolutely right. He did have over 1,900 yards, and Jerome Bettis led the NFL in rushing attempts once, just one time, so not three times. But, hey, that's, that's a tough one right there. But good job, Damien. You got that one right. You see, you got something you can bring home in the day. Right? Yeah. Yes. Nice, bro. All right. All right. <laughs> I remember I remember that season because it was a big thing that he might be the first 2,000-yard receiver. So I do remember that year. Okay. Good job, then. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Guy does his homework over there. Fat, fat Calvin. <laughs> False on bus. Looked like uh, Chris had it right there. Yep. All right. Nice job, Chris. I like that. Getting in on the action. Way to go. All right, Nikki, you had another one? I do. Great. Okay. Your radius bone is in your leg or your radius bone is in your forearm. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say <laughs> leg right away. I'm saying leg. Radius, yes, your radius bone. I feel like you would do you could do a radius with your arm, so I'm gonna go arm. That's interesting. You could do it with your leg, too. By the way, you can speak and also <laughs> move your leg. I feel like it's easier with your arm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would be correct. It is one of the biggest bones in your forearm. All right, yeah. nice job, man. Nice job. Right. <laughs> hey, yo, I guess that's it. That's it. Put your hands around like crazy, and you get the answer right. So I was thinking about math class with radius and circumference. 
I was like, oh, yeah, man. you got to do it on. Yeah, you got to do it on. Yeah, it's got to be a circle because you can't make a circle with your feet. It's impossible. <laughs> oh, Lord, that was funny. Good job, D. Well done, man. Well done. I am wrong. You are right, sir. Do you have another one? Yeah, I got one more. Okay. Boys. All right. So for the fact or fiction on this one, I'm going to go. I'm going to go old school with it. So fact or fiction that Michael Jordan was one in 10 in his first 11 playoff games or that or that Larry Bird had to led the let me get this correct. My fault. So Larry Bird, fact or fiction, Michael Jordan was one in 10 in his first playoff game or in his first playoff games, or Larry Bird had the biggest turnaround in NBA history, his rookie year with the Boston Celtics. I mean, I'm, I'm going MJ. What do you got, Nikki? Yeah, I'll go MJ. Both of you guys are correct. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Larry Bird in Milwaukee. I don't know. Was he playing for the Brewers at that time? I don't know. <laughs> Man, but yeah, MJ, yeah, they had a rough going. They ran to the Pistons a lot, you know, obviously. And the, yeah, they had a rough going in the beginning when Jordan was there until Scottie Pippen came around. So good one. Good one. All right. I got another one for you guys. I think I have one more. Let me see. Yep. I got one more. Here we go. We're doing quarterbacks now. Here we go. Okay. Patrick Mahomes has a career 66 completion percentage, throwing the ball, obviously. Or Aaron Rodgers led the league in yards passing twice, which is true, which is not. Which is true. Patrick Mahomes has a career 66 completion percentage, throwing the ball. Or Aaron Rodgers led the league in yards passing twice. What do you guys got? Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Aaron Rodgers because I don't think he's led the league in passing yards that often. So I'm gonna go. Okay. Twice. Twice. Nikki, do you agree or disagree? Um, I agree. You agree? Then you know what? Yeah, both. What did you say that Aaron Rodgers? You said what? That he did lead the league in what? How long? Yards twice. Yeah. So you going with you going with Aaron Rodgers as, as the fact? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, fact that Aaron Rodgers led the led the league in passing yards twice, or Patrick Mahomes has a career sixty six excuse me completion percentage. Guys, Aaron Rodgers has never led the league oh. in yards passing. Really? Never. Never. I was surprised. Huh? I didn't know that. And I didn't even know that. And I'll be straight up honest. I had no idea so when I looked it up. I'm like, oh, let's see how many he's got. I'm like, he never led the league in passing, not even one really? year. Yeah, I found that to be like mind blowing. So I threw in twice over there to try to like make it a little spicy with the twicey, but really zero. So Patrick Mahomes does have a career sixty six completion percentage. So way to way to start your uh, career there, Patty. Nice job. It all makes right. sense now when you think about it because he's played in the era of Drew Brees, who led the league in passing yards for all those years. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Think about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Those crazy, yeah, those crazy years. Cool. Tom Brady had a few crazy years in there. So Matthew Stafford. Sense. Matthew Stafford yeah. is the one. Matthew Stafford years. And now it's Mahomes having the crazy years. So it makes yeah. sense when you think about it. Yeah, it does. It does when you stop yeah. and think about it. But it does – it would feel like Aaron Rodgers had led the league at some point, maybe at least once in his career. But no, never. Amazing. Yeah. So 
Again, not taking anything away from him, but there you go. Chris said forearm. He knows to say, I love it. <laughs> I know all this. <laughs> not bad. I don't know. I, who knows? Maybe he's Googling, but we trust you if you're not. We trust you if you're not. <laughs> that was my last one, guys. I don't know if you guys had any more to go. No, I don't have any more. Nope, that's it. All right. All right. Then we're going to really break. We're going to end it on this. It's a really quick question for all three of us. And again, we thank everybody for listening. For the third and three podcast. We love you. The sports column, Frankie Fear, we appreciate it. Shout out to Anchor and StreamYard for hosting us. Again, going on YouTube. You guys can check it out. You can comment. Get at us. We're going to give you our Twitter handle after. But let's end it with this right now. Most likely to break a single season record. Would it be a quarterback throwing touchdowns or passing yards? Would it be a running back breaking Eric Dickerson's 2,109-yard season? Or would it be a receiver who catches more than 20 or 22 or 23 touchdowns like Randy Moss did? So quarterback breaking the throwing the touchdown record, a running back like maybe Derrick Henry breaking Eric Dickerson's all-time record of 2,100 yards plus, or a wide receiver catching more than 23 touchdowns. What do you think is more likely, Damian, out of those three, now that we got one more game in the NFL? Yeah, with the extra game, I'm going to go with a quarterback for passing yards. We've seen how many yards quarterbacks can throw for these days. And I can see, I believe it's Peyton Manning's record now. I believe I can see yeah, Peyton Manning's record. So it's still yeah. a lot, 5,500. That's a it's lot. Still, yeah, yeah, still a lot of yards. Um, but with that extra game, I can see from someone like Patrick Mahomes, like if they have a, you know, just a year where he has to play all 17 games, I can see him breaking that record because, you know, they pass the ball so much, even if their running game is good, you know, Andy Reid wants to pass the rock. So I can see yeah. Patrick Mahomes or even a Josh Allen uh, breaking that type of record. Hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. I think that's a really good answer. I'll give mine after I hear Nikki. So Nikki, what do you think? More likely that a quarterback breaks the passing records yard or even touchdowns or a running back is able to run for more than 2,100 plus yards, or again, a wide receiver catching more than 23 touchdowns like Randy Moss did back in 2007. No, I'm going to go quarterback passing yards on this one. I think, like you said, especially with the extra game, I just feel like it's going to be really easy for them to constantly just every year we're going to, you know, probably see somebody new. Or So I think it most likely would be a quarterback. You know, I would I would agree with you guys, but I'm actually going to go rushing, and here's the reason why. Running backs want – they seem to get fed more when they want it more. Quarterbacks are going to be benched when they don't need to play at all. Running back will be on the field more, and if they're chasing a record like that, I think that Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, maybe even Christian McCaffrey would have a chance of breaking something like that. Even Alvin Kamara – I know he catches the ball out of the backfield a lot, but, you know, if he carries the ball a little more, I think there are guys who are capable of doing it. So I think that the that the record for running in a season, which Eric, Dick, Eric Dickerson owns, I think it's 2,109 yards. I got to look it up. I think that would get broken before 55 touchdowns or 5,500 yards. But the extra game thing, yeah, it's, it's going to help everybody in every category who's looking to get a record broken. I think the wide receiver one is going to be the hardest one, Damian. Even still, uh, the running back one is going to be tough because the only running back I could think of that would be close would be Derrick Henry. He just came off a 2000 yard year right, right. and we've never seen a running back do it twice. Right. So True. like usually after they do the 2000 yards, they starting to slow down a, a tad bit because of the wear and tear of it. Um, so 
and there's nobody else I could think of unless one of the rookies like Najee Harris is just a monster out the gate and they just feeding them all the time. But yeah, it's gonna be hard to see a running back even with an extra game breaking that record the way running backs are used now. Unless Derrick Henry is just so much of a monster, which from his workout videos seems like he's not human. But, yeah. <laughs> but if I don't see him going for two thousand yards again, maybe it'll be Saquon. Maybe it'll be Saquon. Oh, I would, maybe I would Saquon. love that. I would love that. Yeah, Saquon. If he stays healthy, I can see him getting the ball that much. A guy who ran for 2,000 yards who I never thought in a million years would have the capability capability of doing that was Jamal Lewis for the Ravens, if you guys remember that. He had over 2,000 yards, and he was a big dude, big yeah. bat, right? So like Henry, like Dalvin Cook, Saquon is a big guy, even a little bit shorter, but that's fine. You want to be shorter, kind of that helps you out if you're a running back. I, yeah. I, I can see that happening, and I understand your point right there, but with the quarterbacks, I feel like they'll be set quicker than a running back would if – if A, B, and C are going for a record. But I don't know. Yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on that. I like that a lot. I like it. And I freaking love this damn show. I love going live. It's been so much fun. Thank you, Chris, out there. Again, Andrew, Shane, all you guys. Um, say what? Say it again. Love it, man, that you guys out there helping us out. Been beautiful. Awesome. Love it, you guys. Fan-freaking-fucking-tastic. Nikki, tell them where you're at, kiddo. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at NikkiNick9384. Nine three eight four. She's a great follower, especially that reality TV stuff. We know all about that. D. <laughs> D. When's the next show, man? Uh, so yeah, the real deal with Damian Adams drops every Sunday night on Monday morning, depending on when you look at your podcast feed. Uh, the last episode, I did the real deal NBA awards. It's not just your normal NBA awards. I give out awards like the Real Housewives Award. Ooh. I think that's one that, that Nikki will enjoy. <laughs> I can you know, also give out awards like, you know, the Coach Carter Award, the Slap the Floor Award. So I if you want to see what those the awards are really about, go ahead and check out my last episode. It's available on all podcast platforms. That's The Real Deal with Damian Adams. And make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal, WDA. That's The Real Deal, W as in whiskey, D as in delta, A as in alpha. That's my military man right there. I know that about him. He does his <laughs> yeah. stuff. He is the man. He's got his show and he does a great job. Even when he does his, even if it's a two minute or a five minute video, it's always great. So love it. Excellent D. Again, guys, my name is Jason Fearman at Sports Profit One. You can see all our Twitter handles right there. If you're listening, again, Sports Profit One, that is the number one. Uh, look, this is my home, third and three podcast, but also do the Power 32 podcast, Power 32 NFL teams podcast ran one last night with the boys at ask us uh shane ken and andrew they did a great job helping me out and uh even before i had a uh, chris was on he was chris was amazing when i had him on him on mike Patton, antoine smith awesome love doing uh the, the power 32 podcast and getting a whole bunch of different guys in there it's been fantastic i love doing this i love you guys and you guys keep me going that's that's the honest truth you guys keep me going if we didn't have this show I'd probably be watching some reality crap on TV right right now, Nikki. <laughs> hey, don't take a jab at the house. I know. Guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> there were no jabs at the Giants today, so that that's the reason. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll say that. Now, you guys keep me going because you know how I feel. By Wednesday, the week has not gone to plan. So uh, <laughs> it, it's really like it gets me through my day knowing that I can – You go, we can just like – talk about sports and whatever for the next like hour, hour and a half, whatever we do. And we're just 
ourselves and we have a blast and it is always such a good time so thank you guys it is we just we let loose and we are who we are and we don't have any script we just know what the topics no. are and we have a great time that, that's yeah. how we do it and that's the pure thing of it and you know what just to say real quick there are so many freaking people who watch these shows on tv and they go for like eight minute segments 12 minute segments yeah, we haven't taken a damn break. It's been an hour and 30. <laughs> we don't need a break. Okay. So all you diva broadcasters out there and all you all right, take a break from us. All right. Check us out. This is where it's at. Third and three podcast every Wednesday night with me, Damien and Nikki. I love it. There's nothing I'd rather be doing on a Wednesday night with you guys. I really appreciate it. Appreciate everybody for listening. I will upload it. We'll have it on YouTube where it's already at right now. Facebook, all the social media spots it'll be. But for now, guys, we are out. We'll be back next Wednesday, and who knows what's going to happen. Let's say peace. Bye. Peace, everyone. Peace. Have a good one. Be safe. Wear your seatbelt. We're out of here. <laughs>